It is Tuesday, January 2nd, 2024. This is another edition of Baseball Today. That is my man, Trevor Ploof. I am Chris Rose, producer Dan, along for the ride as well. I just realized that I did a di- an edition of Football Today and said 2023. So I'm one of those guys that it's, it's going to take a little while. That's fine. You know, when you write it down, like on a check or something yes. like that, that's always the last thing to come for me. But yeah, it's 2024. It's Kobe year. It's T. Ploof year. Like this mm. is this is it, C. Rose. Yeah, and it's you and a Matthew Stafford year. So he got right off the plane after beating the Giants Sunday, got in his car and was like, I have to go see Trevor Ploof so I can hang with him for the new year. Not exactly, um, but yeah, I mean, they're celebrating. They clinched a playoff spot, and, uh, you know, I think he wanted to hang and celebrate a little bit. So he came over and we had a good time, man. That was fun. A great Wait, New Year's. Happy New Year's to everybody. He came to the Ploof residence? No, we were we were... Somewhere, Somewhere else. else. Okay, yeah, I yeah. got it. All right, got it. Okay, cool. A little dancing. Yeah. You know, nice. a little football talk, a little baseball talk. It was good. All right, I love that. Well, I hope everybody had a happy, healthy one. All right, some interesting stuff since we were last together at the end of last week. Big trade is Chris Sale and some cash. Go to the Atlanta Braves for Vaughn Grissom. Do you, A, like the move for Atlanta, B, Love the move for Atlanta, or C, a bit too risky for Atlanta? Um, I think I like it. You know, I don't know if I love it. Anytime you have to give up a guy like Von Grissom, I know, you know, there's been, you know, last year wasn't great for him, and, you know, there was a lot of reports that he was going to be the guy at the beginning of the year, that he wasn't the guy at the beginning of the year, and then he had the last at bat in the World Series and all this stuff. Um, Or not in the World Series, wherever it was. Yeah, I get you. The, the, the most important at bat of the season on Grissom was taking. Um, but, you know, to get a guy like Chris Sale, we talk about this with certain organizations, the Braves are one of them, where they're not really counting on the regular season. They don't really care about that. They know they're going to be in the playoffs. So I think really this is, if you can get Chris Sale, because, you know, say what you want about him as of late. Chris Sale, when he's healthy and he is hitting his spots, he's just like a different pitcher. So he can still be very, very effectful. Like he can, he can be a guy will win you a playoff series because that's just who he is. I mean, he's a long left. He throws across his body. It just looks different. So I like that aspect where they're saying, you know, we need somebody to come in and be part of this rotation where we have like three guys we really, really trust, uh, but we want to have another one. The depth is important. Starting pitching depth is important. So Chris Sale coming over doing that, I think is great. And I think they really are counting on him for the end of the season and for the postseason because that's what means something to them, but giving up a guy like Von Grissom, who has plenty of potential to be a big league starting middle infielder. Like those don't just grow on trees, man. So it is, it is a little bit of a risk for them, but they, you know, they feel comfortable with what they have I and mean, look at what they have at the middle. They have Orlando Arcia there. They have Ozzy Albies there at third base. They're locked up too. So they have their primary position players set. So he was expendable. And to be able to bring in a guy like Chris Sale, I mean, you don't get that opportunity very often. I think that he's going to do well there. I'm very curious to see how they use him, Chris. But I actually like this for both sides, and I think we'll talk about the Red Sox next. All right, so we are. um, And I'm wearing not a Braves hat because I can't find it anywhere. So I've got my Rome Emperor's hat, which is one of my favorite minor leagues. It's the high A of the Braves. Go out and get it. We'll put it on our social media. It's freaking awesome. It is a great lid. Um, I am between liking and loving the move for the Atlanta Braves. The money part is huge, right? The Red Sox kicked in 17 mil of the 27 and a half that sales going to get next year. 
I understand giving up on Vaughn Grissom, who we all thought was going to be their shortstop for possibly the next decade, but there aren't at-bats for him right now. Now, is it possible that Orlando Arcia is going to go back and take a few steps back and they're going to be kicking themselves for dealing Vaughn Grissom? That's possible. The reason I won't sign off on loving the deal is because Chris Sale's going to get hurt at some point. And the problem is you don't know when that's going to be. If it's June and he's back in late August for a September run that I don't think they'll need and an October run, which I know they'll definitely need, then that's fine. But if it's like last year where he made 20 starts and then I'll see you, I'm not going to see you the rest of the year, that's a problem. And that and that's the issue. I know you hate to say you can't assume injury, but you can with this guy because it's literally been his track record for like the last three plus seasons. Yeah, I mean, you're. You, I think you hit it on the the head right there. You're just like, hoping that whatever ailment comes, because you're right, injuries do happen in the sport. You hope it's at the beginning of the season, because you, like I said, you just want him there for the playoff push and the playoffs in general. So I agree. I mean, you. I don't like to talk about injuries. I feel like, you know, there can be a, a change in a preparation and maybe you just don't fall off a bike or whatever he did to hurt his wrist. Like, right. let's just be super careful here. Um, I don't know. I, I, again, I think this is strictly for the playoffs. Oh, oh, it is there. And it's, it's yeah. strictly for the teams that they're lining up. It's strictly to face, it's to give Harper and Schwarber uh-huh. and Freddie Freeman, some funky looks, because let's remember Chris sales spent his entire career in the American league. It doesn't mean these guys haven't seen him, right, because of interleague play. It just means we haven't seen him as frequently. So that's going to be – now, Schwarber has. You know, Schwarber has danced around in the American League a a little bit. Hasn't he? Well, no, he was – Can I just, like, get you, like, a little fired up real quick? Yeah, please. Okay, let's do it. Uh, Who was on the formerly known as the Indians, a lefty pitcher that came over and and Franconi used him? Yeah. No, can you, you can you see the Braves no. using him like that? I mean, in, I in the playoffs, I can see Rose. Yeah. Well, you do have to remember who was on the mound when the Red Sox closed out the 2018 World Series. It was this guy. It, he was the guy on the mound. Mm-hmm. He finished mm-hmm. it up. So, yeah, I suppose that that is possible. And it's why I am so intrigued by it, because he is so different than any other pitcher that we have in baseball with the way that he delivers the ball. And he still, even last year, was still an 11 Ks per nine guy. So he hasn't it's lost that different. ability. Yeah, no, it's it's a different look, and especially if you're a lefty. I mean, you can't even fathom what it looks like if you're sitting in the left-handed batter's box and he's throwing and stepping towards first base and the ball's starting behind you. It's just a bad, bad look. I mean, if you want to see guys take poor swings that look like they've never played baseball right. before, like watch Chris Sale when he's on. That's funny. All right, so the Sox, they get rid of sale, but they sign our buddy Lucas Giolito, two years, more than $38 million. Does all of this, what they have done in the last week, make sense? I, I don't know. I, I think there's still more to come from the Red Sox. I think it makes sense. I mean, Lucas Giolito is an excellent pitcher, and you know, for them to get him for two years, 38, that the only reason they were able to do that is because he had a bad platform you're going into free agency. like I, He's worth more than what they gave him. So this is a bargain play for them. He's going to pitch. And unlike Sale, I don't think you necessarily have to worry about that. I'll knock on wood right now. Like He's going to give you a season's worth of starts. And I think there are some mechanical things that can, that he can make adjustments with and kind of get back to where he needs to get. I think there's some arm slot stuff that he needs to clean up. 
Uh, but he'll be the first one to tell you, like, I can make adjustments and I can do it. He's done it before in his career. So uh, I, I, wherever he ended up, I, I would say, and not just because I know him personally, I just think he's a quality person, quality pitcher, and you're able to get him right now at a discount. So I think that makes sense. I like the Von Grissom move there. Um, they have a bunch of outfielders and kind of like mm-hmm. a like a kind of like a, a log jam. They had this one guy named Sadon who came up last year, Rafaela, who's like my buddy Keith Ball wrote an article said he's gonna be an 80 grade center fielder. Wow. So you might not be getting the thing exactly right now what you want, but you have some really nice trade pieces um that you can, you know, dish off and kind of supplement the roster during the season. But I really like the Lucas G Lito move. Um, I think there's more to come though. You know, we're, we're, it's January 2nd right now, but there's still a lot of players out there, a lot of free agents available and a lot of people that are still in trade talks. Um, the guys that we think are 100% available, it's been a slow, slow off season. Uh, but I like this move for the Red Sox. And like I said, I just think there's, there's some more stuff around the corner. Well, here's where I think this was an important move for the Red Sox. Giolito, the one thing he is going to give you is innings. Yeah. He's given you at least 160 innings in each of the last five years. There's not one Red Sox pitcher that can say that. Hasn't happened. So as much as you say, oh, well, okay, great. I'm throwing, you know, the guy's going to give up 40 bombs and I get to watch him throw every five days. Great. Dude, that is important. It, it, you don't understand the sport if you don't. You have to have somebody on your staff that you can rely on every five days. And Boston fans, yes. I, I think, do understand that better than most because of the revolving door that they've had. They have had some high-end guys. They just traded one to the Atlanta Braves. High-end. But I couldn't tell you when he was going to pitch. That's a problem. That is a problem. So part of the their job to get out of the basement in the AL East is to make sure they have a foundation to stand on. House can look pretty. They can look great. You can revamp the interior, make it look awesome. But if there are cracks under that shit, that ain't going to be good, and it's going to be impossible to sell. So make sure that you can build a little bit. So that's why, uh, to me, this is a perfectly fine move. I hope for Lucas's sake, and he was very honest the last time we had a chat. He was like, I wish that I had gone to free agency after the first three months of last season, but I didn't. And so the reality is, is that I have to own that. And will I get paid? I'll get paid, but I'm not going to get paid what I, I mean, he he said it without saying it. He knew he wasn't going to get, you know, he was trending after 2021 for a hundred million dollar deal. And That's what I, think- I mean. Like you, you're able to get a guy like this at a discount right now. And if you look at who started games for them last year, I mean, Bayo had the most innings pitched for the Red Sox, 157. He made 28 starts. Great. But after that, I mean, you have Crawford, you have Howick, you have, you know, Sale and Paxton, guys we talked about. I mean, you need someone that's going to be there every single fifth day. And I yep. think Lucas is a really, really good fit for that culture. I mean, he would fit in kind of anywhere, but yeah. I, for some reason, I believe that organization is going to be good for him. Yeah. Um, from 2019 to 2021, his ERA was under three and a half. The last two seasons, nearly four, nine. His K numbers still good, still good. Home run rate too high. He and Lance Lynn, I thought we're having a home run off. At some it point. could be an anomaly. It, it, a lot of things could change in one year he's with all, that. I, I, but I wouldn't. He's also a fly ball pitcher, is he not? Fenway could be good for him. I know there's a, I know in left field it's small, but like in right field and, and center field, it's it's a pretty deep park out there. So you pitch according to your park, and I, I wouldn't be shocked 
if that number went drastically down this year. I hope it does. I hope it does. We're all rooting for him. All right, Reds continue their busy offseason. They give one year and $16 million to Frankie Montas, who made all of one appearance last year with the New York Yankees following shoulder surgery. Does this make sense for the Cincinnati Reds? I think so. I think you need bodies there. I think you need, uh, you know, depth in the starting pitching rotation. I mean, that's what we say about all teams, but specifically the Reds because of, you know, the amount of young guys they have there. And we talked, they brought in Nick Martinez already. Frankie Montas, another guy like you're just getting on a discount because, you know, he's been hurt. Like he's got really, really good stuff. I mean, that's in the tank for him. So, you know, you come over and again, reading up on this uh, reminded me of, Another guy that came out of New York and then went to Cincinnati and had a really good year, Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray. Yeah, so that makes a little bit of sense for them. Maybe they see a little bit of you know uh, cohesion there. Is that even a word? Don't even. I'm not really sure. Uh, but Frankie has a chance, as we've seen. You know, with the A's, like he's got plus stuff if he's healthy, which they're banking on. It's going to be a steal of a deal. And then you know you look where you're at during the year. You know, with signings like this, with a one year deal, you know. Don't you, you don't even really worry about the money because there's not a lot of risk there. But with the one-year deal, you'll be able to do a lot of different things. I mean, if you like what you see, you can approach them and say, hey, do you want to be here? You like pitching here? Let's let's sign you up. Or if, you, if the year is not going exactly how you want it and Frankie's pitching well, you can trade him. You can offer him a qualifying offer at the end of the year. There's all sorts of things you can do. So we keep asking the Reds to add starting pitching, and they're doing it. So, I mean, I like the move. I don't know how it's going to turn out. You know, we want to see him in a Reds uniform being healthy, but this staff needed depth. And I think, you know, at this price, you can't really go wrong. You're just really banking on a bounce back year from Frankie. Except that at this price, I believe he's the highest paid Red for next year. I mean, that doesn't mean much. I know, but the point is, is that this is a team that is really watching its wallet. And if that's one year, $15 million is not going to break the bank on anything. 16. But. I know it's not going to break the bank, but if I'm looking for a guy, what's the one thing we wanted the Reds to do last year at the trade deadline? Go trade for pitching. Why? Because they had a bunch of young guys yeah. who were uber talented who couldn't stay healthy but needed somebody to lead them. Now they so Lucas out- Giolito would have been a better fit, we totally. think, here, obviously, and for around the same amount of money. Yeah, but for, you got uh, to convince Lucas to go there, too. It's a two, it takes two to tango. No question, and it was another year of guaranteed money. If if Giolito wants it, he can stick around. He can also opt out after a year in Boston. I, I get all that. But, man, if I'm paying $16 million, I want a guy I know I can physically depend on. And I there's no way in the world. I read somebody, somewhere that, well, Frankie Montas showed by pitching one outing last year that his shoulder's healthy. Who? What are you kidding me? You're kidding me, right? Like you could say, I, I'll I'll listen to this. Hey, we're taking a flyer on a guy. We really believe, but yeah, there's a lot of risk. The answer can't be, oh well, he threw one time last year, so he's good to go. No, well, that's way. what they're saying, isn't it? That you, a one year deal is a flyer. Yes, it it absolutely is. But I'm saying for a team that has been really active, in my opinion, made some really smart moves this off season. This is one I'm scratching my head at a little bit because I want a guy that I know will be there all, you know, every fifth day. Could they run into a situation where Montas returns to the form that he was out in Oakland and all of a sudden we're like, damn, he moves to the top of that rotation in Cincinnati? There is a possibility. But I think I would rather have played it a little more safe here and gotten a guy that was more dependable physically. 
again, off season's not over. I think when you're approaching, you know, what you want your roster to look like and what moves you're going to make, like you go and say, Hey, let's try to have maybe here's a really for sure, you know, high floor, low ceiling sign. Let's go do this. Let's go do that. But you also want to throw, like you said, a few flyers out there. If he pitches the way he can one year, 16 is, is, is nothing. And like I said, there's so many things you can do with him. If the, the reds are not in it whatsoever, which I hope mm-hmm. they are, then you, he could demand something at the trade deadline. I, I, I think this one's an easy one for me. If I'm a team that has, you know, a decent starting rotation ready to go, but I would just want some depth. I'm I'm one year dealing so many dudes. I want I, I just let me see what we got from you at the beginning of the year and we can make all these choices. So anytime I see a one year deal, I'm like, dude, great. Great for that team, great for the player. He'll get a chance to test frequency again. All these things. I think this is just a it's a win win move for both sides. Okay. But I'll leave it with this. I, the final thing I would say is that it has to be a move. It can't be the move. Oh yeah, yeah. That- Agreed. I've said that before in the offseason. Who's the who's like the move then for them? I still think that they've got a trade in them. Me too. I really Me too. do. I think that with all the guys that are available, like I don't think that I don't know. Do you think like a guy like Marcus Stroman makes sense for them? I don't know what he's demanding. Because I said he looks right. I think he'd be great in Baltimore, and you kind of I think laughed at that, said they're not spending anything. I think you can get him on a discount too because of the way he finished. Possible. Like, do you think he's probably gonna want I don't know what he's thinking. Like the one, like what Giolito got. I didn't know he had an opt out, which is great for him. You get that two year deal, but you have the opt out of the first one. I think that's what maybe Marcus is hmm. going to be looking at. Maybe. All right, let's move on. Uh, Jim Bowden had a report that says Josh Hader is looking to surpass Edwin Diaz's five year, one hundred two million dollar deal to become baseball's richest closer ever. You think that happens? I go back and forth on this one because it was like the perfect storm for Edwin Diaz to get that money. I mean, right. Steve Cohen coming in, an incredible year, trumpets, all these things. I mean, it just was, like I said, the perfect storm. Now, is Hater going to get that? I think it depends on the teams that are bidding on him and and, and who want him. I, I could see it happening. If, if it came out that he got another million dollars on top of Edwin Diaz's deal, you know, same years, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Like he's, he has that, not potential, like he's shown that he is the best closer in baseball, so why not pay him like the best closer in baseball? Uh, but, you know, with free agency, it just it's timing and it's the teams that are involved on you. So I got to see. I, I, I'll I say no. To answer the question, I'll say no. I don't think he surpasses that, especially the total dollar value. He might get AAV-wise with a few less years. I think that's probably what will happen. But it wouldn't shock me. If if he end up getting paid a little bit more than Edwin Diaz, and this guy is an absolute stud, go check his baseball savant. Oh, I have it up right here. It is blood red across the board. This guy's he's elite, man. And he's and elite. you know that some of these teams that made playoff runs and had a tough time closing out games, I mean, they salivate at a chance to get a guy like this who you can just say, hey, go win us this game, and you don't have to worry about it. That's a great feeling for a manager to have. Now have. Not to play carousel back there with the last part of the game. If you know you got a guy that can get it done, righties or lefties, it's worth it. Uh, a couple things. I don't think he gets there in part because of the Class A rumors that are out there. I think that that could, that other teams could say, well, listen, yes, it's going to cost us prospects or young everyday players, but we're going to get a guy who he's he's not Josh Hader. 
He is not Josh Hader. In fact, I don't think Class A had a very good year at all a season ago. But what he is, is he's in his mid-20s, and he's under control for quite a while. They they oh, locked yeah. him up to a ridiculous deal. I'm he's looking at it right make, now. <laughs> yeah, he's going to make 2-9 this year, I think. I mean, he makes he's going to make like virtually nothing throughout this the, this entire contract. Five years, twenty million. That's through yep. twenty six, and then there's two team options for twenty seven and twenty eight. My goodness. Yeah. So I think the prospects of having a guy out there that might be available is something that could keep Haters' numbers down. Now, if Classe gets dealt first before Hater signs, then there could be some other teams scrambling for Hater services. That that's just part of my thought. I am curious about this part. There were those reports that Hater did not want to pitch, uh, whether it was three straight days or more than one inning, when the Padres really needed him in certain situations at the end. It is possible, A, that's not true. It's also possible that it was true and Hater was protecting himself getting ready for free agency, which I wouldn't blame him for, I suppose, to a degree. But now that he gets it rich. Would you want to sit down with him if you were a team and say, hey, listen, we don't care what happened in San Diego. Here's what we expect from you if we're going to pay you this amount of money. Yeah, I think he'd be very open to that. If he, if he's getting a long-term deal, say he gets five years, 100. Like, yeah, then it is expected for you to go out there and do every single thing possible to help your team win. So I think they will have those discussions. It won't just be as blunt as that. You know, they'll talk about it. But I think He'll understand that as well. I think he was protecting himself, understanding like, hey, man, like I got one shot at this to really go out there and and get what I think I'm worth. And there are times where you do have to protect yourself. We said it about Shohei, and then look what happened. So I, I, I know sometimes it doesn't look good from the outside perspective, but you really have to put yourself in someone's shoes in that situation. Yeah. But if he does sign a long-term deal like that, I think they're going to say, hey, whenever, wherever, you're going to get on that mound. Yeah. I think he'll be down for it too. All right, last thing before we get out of here for the day. Uh, Frank Thomas had the happiest of all New Year's because the man is alive. Fox yes. News at on December 31st, I believe it was, ran their obit piece on celebrities who left us. And included in that was a former Fox Sports employee in Frank Thomas, the guy who's in his, I think he's 53 there was a Frank Thomas who had passed away, who I believe played for the Pittsburgh Pirates and was a good player, a three-time All-Star. But he was 40 years older, and he died at the beginning of 2023. Oh, Fox News, what are we doing? I also need to quickly uh, issue a correction in the In Memoriam feature that we showed just a few minutes ago. We misidentified the late Frank Thomas, the three-time All-Star for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, the Frank Thomas we showed you, unfortunately, was an also, also a former pro baseball player. He is very much alive. We apologize for that mistake. Uh okay. We're not here to point fingers and say, ha-ha, what are we doing? Even though it was... I, I kind of am. Yeah. The question is this, is there a little bit of you that would like to have a false report of your death just so that you could see how the world would react? I don't think so. I, I, I don't think I'm into that. Is What if people react the wrong way and like happy that I'm dead? You think that might happen? Would you I, check? I, I wouldn't want that. Would you check social media to see everybody's reaction? Yeah, you know what? I would because this is the thing. And I want people to change this. When people are gone, all of a sudden you're so nice to them and they did all these nice things. But when they're alive, you never tell them that. 
this, this this happened to me yesterday, Chris. I can't call you C Rosie because people are complaining. I say it too much. Chris, I was walking around yesterday and I had, you know, like I think I even had this jacket on, whatever. I had two of, you know, my friends' wives tell me I had great style and that they wish that I could talk to their husbands about it. And you know what? I felt great. They gave me like a compliment. I actually like didn't know how to take it. We need to compliment each other more mm -hmm. often when we're alive. It makes you feel good. So I'm going to do that to you right now, Chris. I'm going to act like you died. Okay? And if you want to do that to me, it's fine. Chris Rose was a beloved man with a beautiful family and was a mentor to me in a time where I very much needed a mentor. I deeply, deeply miss him. But I know he's having a great time up there with his pals watching football, watching baseball, talking about sports, because that's what he loved to do. I love that man. He raised a great family. I'm going to take care of the boys and Michelle myself. R.I.P. C. Rose. How are we going to take care of him, by the way? Everything good? You sure? I'm taking care of him. Oh, okay. Thank you. That was very kind. I appreciate it's true. that. Um, so let me answer the question first. No, I, I don't think I would want to do that. I'm really not that interested. Um. I agree with you 100% about that we need to say nicer things to people. I always have been, um, I think it's important to tell people when they do really well, whether it's in a job setting, if you have a good meal and your server's fantastic, like don't just be the people that complain about it. You can complain, but if you're complaining, you better also go up to you know, the main host or whomever it is at the restaurant and tell them, hey, that person kicked ass. They were great tonight. You know, go do that. I think it's really important. I remember recently we went on a tour of a college yeah. and there was this young girl. She was a freshman at Indiana and she kicked ass. She was an unbelievable tour guide. She was an, I went up to her afterward. And I was like, you're an animal. You were great. You crushed it. And I don't know how many people go up to her and tell her that. I hope a bunch, but I think it's great to do that. I think it's it really is. important. So, yes, I, I think that we've kind of gotten off the beaten path a little bit here, but I do think that's a, that was a really good point by you. And by the way, okay. I love it when you call me C. Rosie. I don't care what everybody else says. Okay. They say I, I said makes, too much. No, it makes me feel great. I love it. I love it. All right. I really appreciate it. Look at so, us, this happy ending we had on this yeah. episode. But by the way, we are here at New Year's. Uh, everybody does resolutions. I'm going to try and be a little more sensitive to Angels fans. Ooh, um, that's a good I'm one. I'm not now. I am going to tell the truth. So when people are like, why do you always hate on the Angels? Why do you want to trade Mike Trout and all that sort of stuff? I only say it based on what I want to see as a baseball fan. I want to see him do well. And people are like, well, you don't want to see them sign Blake Snell and all that stuff. Right. Because I think there are other places where he could have more of an impact this year. So, you know, now I am going to take into account your feelings. I think it sucks. I grew up in a city where everybody took pot shots all the time at all of our teams. It's not fun. But sometimes you have to look and say, well, why are people saying that? It's not just because it's the Angels or, you know, I'm, I'm using it, that team as an example. But I will try and be more sensitive okay. toward that while still telling the truth because I have to say what I believe in. I like that. I, I think I know who you're talking about. There was someone that commented on some of our stuff saying, well, you guys always say the Angels need to add pitching mm -hmm. and do all these things, and they're trying to add pitching, so why are you saying it's a bad move? Point taken, to be honest with you. 
That's fine. Yeah, I don't know if I'm be more I sensitive to Angels fans. I've been sensitive. Either no, way, they're still sensitive. mad at me. Either way, they're still mad at me. So I don't even know what to go. My team I'll be nicer to is... I think the Red Sox. I think I've completely hmm. written the Red Sox off. I really have. And I like that franchise. I almost played for your franchise. Hmm. I chose the A's instead, which in hindsight, I don't think I should have done. But... You guys all need to be nicer to us. We're just doing our best here and telling no, us how no, 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 no. You, hey. we feel about baseball. Listen, I, I have to say this. When when I said what I said about Blake Snell, it wasn't I said, boy, the Angels are moronic for signing him. That's not what I said. What I said is as a baseball fan, to me, I would like it if the reigning Cy Young Award winner in the National League went to a team that I felt like was more in contention. That's okay. That's a feeling I've got. That doesn't determine I, – I wouldn't say, God, that's a stupid move. It actually would be a smart move. It would make your team better. Now, would I like it as much as a baseball fan just watching the sport? No. Sorry. I think it would be a great move for them. And I've already bought all the, or the Angel stock, so nobody can have any. Ah, there you go. All right. Uh, we're off and running here in 2024. We will be back again later this week. We don't know exactly what day. might be Thursday. might be Friday but we'll keep you posted on our social media channels. For our one-of-a-kind producer, Happy New Year to Dan Roar, and the uber-stylish Trevor Plue, who just gave my obituary on the air, I am Chris Rose. We will see you later this week on Baseball Today.